Welcome, my friends, to Scrymy River, the MTG Advice Podcast. I'm Riley. I'm Dennis. And we're here to solve your problems. Dennis, once again, with a very special guest on the line, it's Luis Scott Vargas. <laughs> wow, I, I didn't even know I was going to uh, get qualified for the rating of special guest. I thought I was just going to be one of the normal guests. But uh, yeah, I'm really glad to be here. This this podcast is really up my alley. Uh, look, I would say, Luis, that you are in the top two. Top two, definitely. Top two guests we've ever had on the show. And that's... I would comfortably you know, say that too, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. All right, all uh, right. I'll, I'll take it. The fact that we've had two is immaterial. I would say that, you know, you've got a good shot at being mm. in that top two. No, no, I, I understand. Would say, okay. <laughs> yeah, I would say you've got a good shot at, at retaining that top two position, even if we add a third. Although you mm, – top three for sure if we have yeah, a third if, anyway. If you had a third, I would say I'm comfortably in the top three and top two is a stretch. Yes. Well, you know, we'll 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 wait and see. We'll, yeah, don't count yourself out, man. You don't, <laughs> don't sell yourself short. You know, you've, you've got a lot to offer, mate. Um, so – we are going to offer your advice this time with the sage wisdom of uh, of LSV himself, Luis Scott Vargas, here to to, uh, to lend his. Uh, would you, Luis? Would you say you have a higher intelligence score or a higher wisdom score? Oh, I definitely have a higher intelligence score than wisdom. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I I do a lot of unwise things. You know, I'm constantly doing unwise <laughs> but very, things, but very carefully and very calculated. Yeah, yes, exactly. Think, thinking it through and then being like, "Yes, I will make this bad decision." That's perfect. Excellent. Yeah, I, right. I would well, I would say uh, dexterity is my dump stat. So, <laughs> yeah, now mine is definitely strength. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I I unfortunately put everything into charisma, and then the rest of them are really now really bad. Unfortunately, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, anyway, we have, listen, a, we, we have a particularly hot piece of advice to start off with, Riley. Go on. That is the best place to buy your Magic the Gathering cards and accessories is ChannelFable.com. Oh, this, this is the best advice that we can ever offer. Of course, ChannelFable.com is, is, the, is the one and only place, really, I would say, to buy and sell uh, pieces of cardboard with pictures of monsters on them. If you're doing it anywhere else, you're making a mistake. That's, that's, that's piece of wisdom number one. Absolutely. And it is the home of some amazing and some significantly less amazing free Magic the Gathering content. That's right. Luis is also <laughs> part of the Channel Fireball family. And, uh, and you can find a lot of, uh, a lot of content from uh, a wide range of, uh, of different content creators, a wide variety of quality offered as well. So there's something <laughs> for everyone at ChannelFireball.com. If you like good content, oh, don't worry about it. If you like slightly mediocre content, well, I'm there too as well. So we've got you covered. Don't even worry about that. I it's think- all free. I think LSV Breaks MTGO is still one of the top viewed videos on the channel. That that was a lot of fun. That was, you know, they t- they changed the templating on Oblivion Ring, right? So now banishing because light of and you. whatnot. I, I'd mm. like to say I have some amount of responsibility for it uh, because the three Oblivion Ring loop, which I couldn't really help but but you know set into motion. It was during a competitive match too. Was, uh, you just... definitely could have. You <laughs> didn't have to Doomblade your own Elish Norn to make that happen. Well, I did have to Doomblade my own Elish Norn if I wanted it to happen, and I definitely yeah. wanted to see what would yeah, happen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so there was really <laughs> This enough, is actually yeah. a, a premium example of the whole intelligence versus wisdom to, you know, conversation we had <laughs> no, mo- actually, mo- moments that, ago. That, that qualifies as a power move as, as, as far as I understand it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That, that I'm looking forward to that. Power moves with LSV is going to be uh, is going to be is going to be something to behold. But we've got to eat our greens before that. We've got to get stuck into the questions the advice here and we're gonna we're gonna crack open a cold one with the boys here and get stuck into question of one sent in by tyrone phillips looking for some perspective here tyrone asks i'm the local judge for my magic community and an issue i've been trying to solve for a while is that my players are somewhat segregated the standard players only play standard the eternal players only play modern legacy seven point highlander etc there's a lot of overlap with commander 
But for those who don't play Commander, how can I break down the barrier and turn us into one big happy family? And this is this might be, you know, even if your LGS isn't necessarily suffering from this problem, this might be a good sort of universal advice when it comes to, uh, you know, getting Magic plays of different types to to try new formats, try new ways to play the game. Or, or have you got any perspective on this, Louise? Yeah, I think there's a couple of ways you can look at this. Uh, one is not everyone needs to play the same format. So... I don't think you necessarily should approach this from how do I get my standard players to play older formats or my older format players to play standard because people are just going to like different things and and it's not a it's not a it's not a bad thing if people are just playing their different things but I also do think it's important that you want to feel like one kind of cohesive community because I think that is just more fun Mm-hmm. You know, you have you meet new people, you have more friends, you have more people who you can, you know, borrow cards from or get a ride from or give a ride to or, or any of those things, you know, that that really do kind of show off the, the best uh, aspects of the magic community. And I think that one of the ways is for the higher investment formats, we're talking modern legacy, seven point Highlander. These are the, the formats that take you know quite a bit of uh, money worth of cards to put together. Mm. Tapping some of the people in those formats to make decks for people who haven't played before. Yeah. Also, don't yeah. start with the most complicated ones. You know, don't don't yeah. hand someone Legacy Storm and say, "Hey, let's have fun." More like, "Hey, look, here's uh, you know, here's Legacy Eldrazi Tron," and and you know, this deck is pretty straightforward. And but you kind of get to start to see the cool interactions that happen. Mm. And if they enjoy it, maybe they'll they'll keep borrowing the deck and playing it. And then maybe maybe they'll make that jump to to kind of get in their own cards for it. In my experience, people who have like people who are super into like legacy or you know vintage and things like that will all, you know quite occasionally have one or two or three decks, and they are just jonesing for people to play with. If you ask, can you borrow their deck to play against them? They'll almost always be very happy to let you do that. Absolutely. Definitely. I mean, th- this is what I was going to say. This is this is a very common thing in Commander as well, because everyone who plays Commander has multiple decks. But it's the same in 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 modern in Legacy in particular. You know, usually people will have uh, the deck they like to play, and then they're they're either like their silly pet deck or a deck that was good a couple of years ago but isn't really anymore. They'll just have cards lying around. And and as you say, Dennis, these are the people who really really want to bring other people into their or quote unquote their format. Yeah, and there's also something that like. Most of what I do with my magic playing friends, because a lot of them do play different formats like Tyrone's talking about here, is we do things that aren't magic. We play betrayal or we, mm. you know, go to escape rooms and things like that. And like, obviously, like it's, I have to imagine Tyrone wants to play magic with these people, but that's not having something in common like magic unlocks a lot of things together because it lets you know that you're all into games. You're all into like slightly more cerebral minded gameplay, that kind of thing. Yeah, just nerd stuff. Yeah, just straight up nerd stuff. I was trying to beat around the bush a little bit, nah, but yeah, it's nerd, nerd stuff. stuff mate. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I mean the 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 group uh, of guys who I played D anD D with for at this point, like you know, we'd started playing fifteen years ago. Mm. Originally, all of them played Magic. Now, I think like basically none of them do, but it doesn't matter. You know, that, right? Of course, that was where we that was what kind of set the friendship in motion. But it doesn't have to be that sort of thing. And even the, the, the folks I hang out with here, uh, you know, Denver has a, a very big uh, quantity of like, you know, magic players. Like, you know, you have, you know, Matt Nass, Sam Purdy, Josh Utterly, Andrew Beckstrom, like, all, you know, Gabby, all, all these people who play, especially very competitive levels of magic. And we don't really play magic when we hang out together because we played so much magic, but we do all these other things and it's because yeah, of magic. Magic exactly. a still really important part of that. Of course, we talk about magic all the time. That, that That's never going to stop. If you're I think, looking for, I think, go ahead. 
I was going to say, Ty- Tyrone, I think, is, is interested here in community building, right? Mm-hmm. A local judge for the magic community. And, 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 and Tyrone uses this word community, you know, within right. the first I, couple of words in the, yeah. in the question. I think, I think that's one of the things that, uh, that this question is really driving at, building community. And you mentioned before, like, even things like giving someone a lift to the, uh, to the, or borrowing cards, that's all, that's what the, that's what the gathering is. That's what the community is. And so, you know, there, there are a couple of different ways. I think I think the stuff we've talked about is is, is really actionable advice. You know, bringing in other other nerd stuff that people are going to enjoy, board games, role playing games, whatever it is. But then the other side of it is, as as you mentioned, talking to the 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 players who are, are going to want to draw other other players. You know, t- actionable advice for Tyrone to, can be at the next legacy night, go and talk to the regulars and say, hey, listen. Do you guys have any spare decks that you wouldn't mind borrowing out for a tournament? Because I'll find more players so we can turn this like six person legacy tournament into a sixteen person legacy tournament exactly. next time or something mm. like that. If you want to keep it in the in the magic space, something that happens a lot in in my local play group is like this people play online or play or people who don't even play magic very often anymore. Mm. Um, we all still go to the pre release. Everybody's excited about the new set. Everybody's talking about the new set, whether that's you know for standard or for limited or for modern, or in case there's some crazy card that might end up in a legacy deck for it. It's still in the magic like cultural zeitgeist enough that if you, generally speaking, in my like group chat or if I, in the Irish Facebook group, if I post being who wants to go to the pre-release, most people will be like, yeah, okay, yeah. That's something that, that all Magic players still have. Like almost all Magic players still have their polls, you know, their finger on the pulse on. I would, I think. That's your hunting ground. That's that's where you, that's where you're pulling them in. That's where you're reeling in those big fish. Yeah, and of course, these people who haven't played in a long time, they're total noobs, and that's just free packs, basically, oh, right? That's, that's right. Get them into Legacy, and oh, you're going to be swimming in prizes. All right. Let me do, oh, well, let me do the next one. We're good for that one. All right, <clears throat> excellent. Put a little musical sting in there. Mm. All right. Aaron LeBlanc right. writes in, and asks, why do we still do our own randomness to determine who chooses to go first? Just be more like chess and have the players labeled A and B and A gets to choose. The current system leads to complaints about certain dice and arguments about which method to use, etc. This will also speed up round times in tournaments. Uh, this isn't a question, Aaron, but I, <laughs> I definitely get to what you're, uh, you, 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 you're asking with this, uh, you know, with this series. It of starts with why. That's a question. Statements. I mean, yeah, that is true. Yeah, I, I guess. Look, Luis, you've probably played. I mean, look, between how many pro points do you have, Luis? Um, I I'm not I'm not entirely sure. It's I, I think it's I more, look it up. It's more than four hundred, but less than five hundred. All right, look. So between the three of it us, is we 500, have it is five hundred and eight. Okay, so between <laughs> okay, the three well. of us, we have uh, five hundred and nine <laughs> pro points. Um, yep. Does look the the exact distribution of them doesn't again doesn't matter. But I would still hazard a guess and say that Luis, you're probably the most experienced when it comes to all of us in terms of sitting down and playing competitive. competitive it's, it's close, but look, whatever. We'll, we'll just say it's Luis, right? What is your perspective on this? As someone with years and years and years of competitive oh. experience, you know, how, how would you feel if, if they chopped and changed the way that we determine who goes first? I, I would love if just when you looked at your pairings, it just told you whether you, whether you got to choose or not. You know, Ooh. because, and of course, you'd choose to go first 95% of the time because that's how magic works. But uh, I think that as long as they could make it, keep it relatively fair where everyone wins about half their, their roles, you know, hmm. they... Uh, I think they would be well. It would be good to do so. It's the thing is, it's not a high priority. I don't think, like, yes, it would make things a little easier and also make it so that you, you again, everyone, you know, there's the distribution, it, it, it kind of evens out a bit. But that's going to happen over a long enough timeline anyway. And when, when, you know, Aaron saying this leads to complaints about certain dice or arguments about which with me, which method to use, that happens like 
one out of a thousand times or something. I, I also don't think this solves that. Just look at how many people complain about the shuffler magic <laughs> yeah, online. And you'll complain about the pairings. Oh, but, Walter, Walter did me dirty again. Yeah. yeah. You could force it, though. You could force it, couldn't you? You could say, okay, of, of these eight rounds of day one of this Grand Prix or whatever, you will go first on four of them and second on four, on yeah. four of them. So, so ultimately, yes, I think it would be better if the pairing software did that. But it mm. also d- kind of doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I don't think it's – like, this isn't very high on my list of uh, issues that need to be or should be solved. There's a One? secret, like, juicy hidden question inside this, I think. Go on. Which is, what is everyone's preferred method to decide? Yeah, yeah, first? that's what I want to unpack uh, as well. I, I like rolling 2d6, two 600 dice, and just – I like high rolls because I find ties to be uh, fun to resolve. Not, <laughs> Thrilling, I, I the, yeah. I'll, I'll do odd even <laughs> if my opponent asks to do it, but I don't really care yeah. too much. Uh, I definitely prefer odd even. I've got places to be, I've got people to see, got things to do. I'm not uh, not going to muck around with ties. Uh, not going to you know just sit there rolling sevens all day. It's, it's odds evens all the time. Um, but I, you know what I really appreciate when my opponent calls it when it's in the air. That's that's what I really enjoy, and I always try to do that as well. Yeah, just for the for the the theatricality of it all. Well, just just for the fact that like if I say odds or evens to someone and then they say odds before I've thrown right, it's like. You know, if I, I, I mean, obviously this isn't the case. And how many people are you going to meet who can actually throw a die in a certain way to have it land on something mm-hmm. like that or whatever? But still, I just enjoy it being absolutely, you know, like, you know, that scene in Rick and Morty where Morty stands on the, the piece of ground that's like perfectly level and, he, level, and, yeah. and he's like brain explodes. I want to get as close to that as possible when it comes to my die rolls at the beginning of a game of magic. You want just perfect, like I just wanted to be as as, as fair as possible. I guess where you're coming though from, Louise, with, the, with like you get a little bit of a you get a little bit of a show, you know, when it, you get a little bit of extra excitement at the start of a match when it's a tie. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I just like you action. get the anime zoom; it narrows on both of your eyes, you know. <laughs> so the other question that I think springs from this, and something that I've gotten into debates over, because it, re- it references something you said, Roddy, about how you throw the die, is: yeah. Do you care if people use spin dance to roll them? No, I really. honestly don't like. No. If look, if if someone lays out a bunch of dice and says to pick one, I'll pick a non-spin down. Also, I like right. a rolling six-sided dice more anyway. But yeah, if sure. they if they throw a spin down out there, I'm just not going to make a big deal out of it. It just doesn't matter. You don't one think they're, they're they're sitting at home three hours a night practicing throwing perfect twenties on that bad boy? Honestly, if they're doing that, then more power to them. They they get to go first, and they're probably going to lose because they didn't play their deck enough. Yes, they've, right. been, they've, been, they've been learning how to roll D20s instead of learning how to play their deck. That's a great point. That's a great point. I never thought about well, that. While you were at rolling really D20s, I was, pl- I was practicing the meta. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez, that's very good. Oh, that's very good. Um, I will avoid if if I sit down from an opponent and they're like da 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 and they have a they have a really clear they seem really keen to roll with a certain die. Oh well, that's I'll a am- red flag. For I'll sure. immediately be put off. Right, like they pull out some special pair of metallic dice, and I'm like. I think, oh no, roll these, roll these. I'm like, I'm not, I'm just, can yeah, we just it. use my like rubbish plastic one that I've got here, please? Like, I'm not into this. Right, but like, it's not like you're playing craps. Like, my, obviously going first is an edge in magic, but it's not an insane edge. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. In certain, like in some matchups, Luis will, will back me up on this one. In certain matchups, like especially in older formats, going first or second can be all that matters. Right, but playing, I, I, what I'm saying is if you're, if you're going to like, let's say your goal is to like win a bunch of money or whatever. If you're going to invest all of your time into learning how to use and lie about trick dice, I don't think magic is going to be your game of choice. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you could go, you could, you could, you could get a, a much higher return in other areas if you're that good. Yeah, at Yeah, you got to watch out for this at competitive Yahtzee tournaments. Like that's where the that's, real money that's, is. That's where the real money is as well. <laughs> I mean, we you, all know that. You can get up to like 7% or 8% win percentage if you go first in, the, in older formats, I think. 
Yeah, so it's it's not nothing, of course, but like it's like there are games where you can just win by fixing a die roll, where that's the whole game. That is definitely true. So for all of those dice cheats out there, our advice to you is move away from Magic for a couple of reasons. One, we won't have to deal with you, and two, you're going to make a lot more money. World World Championship Yahtzee playoffs, mate. That's that's where you that's where you belong. At the on the over under at like ten and a half actual people who have weighted dice and use them regularly in magic in the world, I think I take the under. I don't I'm know. taking the over on that a hundred percent. You think? A hundred percent, man. You think you think ten people are using weighted dice? No way. No way. You think it's more? Right, it's way more. more. What? I I, I, I don't even know where you get weighted dice to be honest. And also, like, you have to like. Isn't, if, if your opponent calls odd even in the air or something like yeah. that, that, doesn't that negate it anyway? That obviates it. That, and that's why I really like, that's why I like the the, the calling in the air because that's that's just whew, perfectly level, baby. I love that. I love it. You'd have to just wait two D6s that land on 12 or maybe 11 to go avoid suspicion, I guess. Um, and then hope your opponent doesn't care about using two D6s and also has their own two D6s to use. Or do you know what you do, right? Wait. You use a bunch of dice, right? Let's say fifty, okay? And you start, okay. you start, no, 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 but you start rolling them all. Like the day before a tournament, this is the this is the preparation, right? This is what you're doing. You start rolling these fifty dice over and over and over again, and you get the ones that are like good at what they do, right? You 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 track which ones are rolling high more often than others because they're like yes, good. because yeah. of tiny imperfections in the manufacturing. No, process. no, 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 <laughs> just because they're like lucky or whatever, just oh, because okay. they're, yes, you know, because they're because they're hot, because they're running hot, you know. Or conversely, you take the ones that are going really badly because they're due. They're saving up all their good luck for when it matters. Yeah, this is this is you know this is the classic battle between is something due versus is it on a hot streak. You know, what what, what do you want to put your money on? I actually never thought about how diametrically opposed those two. Yeah, but they both mean the same thing. But gamblers will 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 use these to fritter away thousands of dollars on both of these ridiculous fallacies. But that's that's how you do it. Again, we've we've to all the dice cheats who who tuned in to Scrime River this week, you are welcome because I tell you what, we've set you down the path to success. (laughs) I remember when this podcast was about magic. Uh, Was it? yeah, I was. I, I don't think that that was even the case. I don't know. That, that's not what I was, I was talking to Mashi about about Magic FM, where him and Gabby started talked about like I can't remember what it was. Some food hot for and like juicy fifteen places. Oh, yeah. hot and juicy places. That was it. Do you guys, know, do you guys know, know what hot and juicy places are? They don't have those in in Ireland. I'm no, sure. I've never heard I know of what, hot and juicy. It doesn't I know, sound like I, food. I know what all the words in that sentence mean in an order in that order, but I don't think is what you're getting at. Okay, so a, a hot and juicy place is uh, it's a seafood place, and you pick. The seafood you want, so it's like you know, crawfish, crab, shrimp, clams, whatever. Oh, this is so Uh, so much already. And then you pick the sauce you want, so you can do like garlic butter or Cajun or all in, which is like everything mixed. The spice level you want, how spicy you want it to be, and then they, and then you can also get like corn or potatoes, that sort of thing. And then they boil the seafood in this sauce, put it in a, a plastic bag, and they bring it to you in this just giant plastic bag on the table. The table's covered in a, a, like a paper tablecloth. That oh, they just, I, ate, I ate one of these in Boston. Yeah, they just throw away Sick. afterwards. They just tear open the bag and just put it out there, and then you just you, you have like a bib on, and, and you can just go. Yeah, just go I've to never it. felt more like a savage or like a <sighs> barbarian so Or like an American by the sound of things. This, I mean, this, this is what Benjamin Franklin wanted. Yeah, at the end of it, you, you end up with just you're just covered in like seafood. It's so good. Oh my goodness, that sounds 
Ugh, you, you need to find a way to work that exchange into the podcast. I mean, I'll just put this in. I, you know, I'll just say, oh, we were going to go to a break, but now here's here's Luis's hot take on uh, on <laughs> hot what was it? Hot and juicy. Here's his hot and juicy, uh, hot and juicy take. Oh, it's awful. All right. All right, let's, let's do Palmas. All right, boys, it's time for everyone's favourite segment. It's time for Power Moves. This is uh, a much-celebrated segment. Ever since its inception uh, many, many weeks ago, it's been, it's been, it's been r- rave reviews. The critics can't stop talking about it. Um, although, actually, I will say this, Dennis, um, we haven't heard from Mark Boyd for a long time. No, the big bad of Power Moves is uh, all quiet on the, on, the, on the Mark Boyd front. I think he just realises that the, he's game. So, so uh, Luis, and for any listeners who are just joining us, welcome, by all means, welcome. But uh, Mark Boyd was an, an early contributor to the Power Move game, and uh, he, he had three in a row, the, uh, the the Power Move of the Week. And so we named the, the Power Move of the Week is the Mark Boyd Award, named after him. But I think he's hung up the spurs. I think he's done. He's He, he seems to be out the game, unfortunately. Mark Boyd, if you're out there, we, we do. We really want to hear from you, mate. Just let let us know you're okay so we can then say we didn't care on power move you anyway Luis, <laughs> um you've uh, you brought a power move to share with us for this week oh yeah and this is one i run at uh, every tournament oh all right here we go so i when i show up to play my match of magic at a tournament you know people often say like you know if you're going to your first tournament here's what you need you need dice you need a pen you need you need a piece of paper to keep track of life totals you need a play mat none of it i don't bring any of it my my power Just move. The cards. I sit down with. I bring up, bust out the deck box, and then I then I, uh, you know, I, I I manage to to get it to catch a piece of paper from whoever's sitting next to me. Get a, get a pen from the judge. Yeah. W- Grab dice the the nearest dice to me, often without asking, and just and, yeah, good, and good. and just and just uh, proceed from there. It, yep, n- never no playmat ever. I mean, the, the, this this is just showing showing you how little uh, I, I thought I put into you, preparation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how much I just know things are going to work out. Yeah, bonus points if someone's using a channel fireball life pad. I asked to borrow some of the, some of those paper because they often you know like well. Yeah, I guess you could borrow it, but d- didn't you make these? You know, and yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's coming full circle. It's it's coming back to Papa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I love that. So that, that that's that, great. That, that's my power move. I will say there's one exception. When I played yeah. Hardened Scales, I, I went and bought dice because that's just too much. That's that's out of control. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> so you got to run the LGS out of dice, otherwise, yeah. That's um, pretty good. I, said, I think that's especially effective if you're Luis Vargas. I think, it, yeah, I was oh, going to yeah, say, that, I think I think your notoriety definitely helps because well, no one is going to begrudge you like a dice or a pan. A well, it or a it pan also or helps because my opponents at this point, they, you know, if you had some opponents do this, you might think, oh, this person is like, doesn't know what they're doing exactly. or, or they're inexperienced. They know that's not the case. They know I know I need all these things and they know that I just don't, don't care enough to go oh, get them. Dude. Do you know what you should do? You should take this power move to the next level. Next time you're playing, especially in a, in a one in in a, a tournament where the cards are you know a little a little pricier, turn up without sleeves and ask to borrow sleeves off your opponent. Just say, hey, sorry, oh, do you no. need them? Can I grab no. them off you? Sorry. No, but, you know, as, when they play a forest, yeah. you're like, can I can I borrow that? Unsleeve their forest, sleeve yeah. your one. Can can I, yeah. you know, to tell you the the honest truth, I wanted to play a pro tour without sleeves, but you're not allowed to. Yeah. Oh, you just can't anymore. I I. And I don't even—I don't mean for limited, because of course I, I play limited without sleeves whenever I can get away with it. Yeah, I mean for constructed. I just wanted to. Yeah, I, I would just buy just the deck from it. Channel Fireball. Just not even know I'm not going to return it, and just roll roll up there, just completely sleeveless. Yeah, love it, Ugh. love it. Just mash shuffling. You know the cards are like heavily played by the end of it. Oh, yeah. oh beautiful. 
You go, you go out to the booth. Blanco just instantly type marks all the cards down for uh, four yeah. ranks on yeah. the on the inventory. <laughs> oh, geez, that'd be I mean, so I mean, good. Ki- you know, Kibler ran a power move like that where we, you know, we lent him a bunch of cards and they all came back U shaped because Kibler just jams his. Cards. Oh my god! I have a friend who does exactly that. Yeah, you give him you give him a stack of magic cards that come back looking like Pringles. It's a yeah. nightmare. So come back in a little tube. The, yeah. the, the policy from then on is we'll supply you with the cards you want, but you at a discount. But you have to buy them. You, you, yeah. no, no more borrowing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not running you're not running that con on us again. No. Um, that's that's a sweet one, and I, and I suggest even if you've got the smallest amount of notoriety in your in your LGS, you start taking advantage of that, and you're going to get a bunch of free pens as well. You just like you've been staying at hotels all over the world, so that's 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 fantastic. Um, our uh, we got a power move here from Fensterputzer, which I can tell you in German a, means window cleaner. That's a great name, uh, though. Uh, last week, Adam Savadan talked about his favorite power move, which is to uh, blind keep a seven. Right, mm-hmm. just don't look at it. Just put a face down on the table because then the opponent has either two options: they either look and keep, in which case you've beaten them because you know they had to look and you didn't, or they also keep it, in which case it'll blind keep, in which case they're just copying you. So yep, yep, yep. You, it's just perfect, right? But Fenster puts has a, a level up for this. The counter, move, oh right? the counter. It's even it's even better, right? So your opponent tries to blind keep uh, seven you, but instead of also keeping seven or looking looking at them like a coward. You run a an an even bigger power move. You mulligan to six, put a random card on the bottom without looking, and then say, "Yep, keep go." That is amazing. This this, this ends up as like this is an arms race now. This is a yeah, race is. to the bottom. Yeah, it's a race to the bottom, isn't it? Yeah, the this doomsday is, clock is, slowly ticking the, towards both people on zero. The the judo of power moves. You know, they 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 went for it, and you just slam them. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I have two friends who um, will do what they call a gentleman's mulligan if they play each other, where they just both go straight to zero. Yeah, just play off the top. Play off the top. <laughs> play off the top. Wow, that's pretty wild. I love this. That's a, that's a strong. Uh, this is the first counter move, power counter move we've had. Yeah, yeah. It's like a uh, the, the 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 hive mind is is uh, growing. It's it's like what is it? What are they called? The neural machine nets or learning. something? Yeah, machine learning. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. You got we got another power move, Dennis. You want to hear us for the next one? Yeah, Ian writes in and says, I was playing against a friend on Is It Thing in the Ice Tonight. That sentence was very difficult to parse. I was playing against a friend on Is It Thing in the Ice Tonight. He'd made the correct choice to use checklist cards with sleeves. Thing in his deck box. What is this? Things in his deck box, pulling them out when relevant. But when he flipped them, I was amazed to see him pull out pre-lift and sleeved Awoken Horrors. He'd brought an additional playset to have at the ready and save himself four seconds of game time. Wow. Yeah. More than foil planeswalkers or expeditions, this flex got me because it's just that subtle with this messaging. I called him on it and he just winked at me. So this guy had four thing in the ice and four ostensibly awoken horrors right. in so, the deck box to use as tokens, basically. So they play the checklist card, immediately replace it with thing in the ice, four counters on it, play a few spells. Instead of flipping it, just swap it with the flipped thing in the yeah. ice. Yeah, yeah the busy. extra the extra step here of putting in the checklist card is what gets me. But he's busy. He doesn't have time. He doesn't have time to pull cards out of sleeves, turn them around, get put them in. No, come on. He's got things to do, people to see, places to go. He doesn't right, have but, time to flip cards. But if he's playing the checklist card instead of the normal card in the sleeve, that's adding an extra step. Mate, that's one and done. You put that in there. That's a, that. You know. You know what they say, it, Dennis? A, Dennis? A card in time saves nine. A flip in time saves nine, Dennis. Wow. It's about sending a message too. You, you no, know, I appreciate yeah. that. That's that. That this is beautiful. This is a monetary flex. This is a yeah. time flex this is just perfect yep it's it's fantastic it's really really good i, li- I like this a lot I, and it's and you know you can do it with your delvers you can do it with all of the other playable flip cards that there are across all the different formats 
This is also a great para move against the people you write in on the podcast tube and using a card called Thing in the Ice and just calling it Things and not capitalizing it makes it very difficult to read the sentences. Yeah, you you really butchered that, didn't you? It was a it was a nightmare. Ian, you got <laughs> this guy got you and you got me. All right, our next power move comes from Jay Maz, regular contributor to the power move yes. uh, segment here. Uh, Jamez says the standard. Oh, this is about die rolls, so it's relevant to what we're talking about here. The standard convention for choosing to play or draw is the two d six die roll, uh, high roll, as you said before, Louise. Mm-hmm. So you let your opponent go first, and then if they roll between a two and a five, you crush them with a single die. You 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 set aside. You instead of rolling two d six, if they roll between a two and a five, you just roll one d six and you show them who's boss. <laughs> wow. What do you think of that, Louise? That's pretty good. I I, I think that it, it it lets you come out of the gate strong and just you know you understand uh you know that you're you're, you're going to be able to handily defeat both their dice with a one. But there's a downside to this. If you don't and you have to roll the second die, then it's it's actually a failure. You actually, yeah. you, you, you know, this is a high-risk, high-reward power move. Oh, I don't think you roll the second die. I think you roll the first die come what may. And if you lose, you lose. That's fine. You take oh, you it, just you take go, out the chin. The, just this one and that's it? And I'm not, you just throw the, you oh, throw that, the, you throw the second die in the garbage? Yeah, that, I, I think mean, so. I guess, I guess that would truly be a power move. Sure. Yeah, that, that, that that's a way to I mean, that saves that. face. It'll, it'll, you know, knock into your actual win percentage in games of magic, but I think that's the way to save face. Well, power moves aren't about winning more. They're, no, they're exactly. about exerting <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's the victory you get when you, uh, when you sign the match slip at the end of a match, and there's also the, the moral victory, and that's definitely what we're. Uh, yeah, when you see the, the life drain from your opponent's eyes. That's it. All right, Dennis, what's our power move of the week this week? Our mate? power move of the week is a blinder. It comes from John Nowert. Uh, he writes in and says, as you know, players are allowed to look at notes in between games in a match. Typically, these are sideboard guides or other notes about the meta. However, nothing says the notes have to be sideboard guides. Magic intro decks include that how-to-play foldable insert oh, that explains oh types goodness. of cards, phases oh of a turn, etc. And it just so happens to fit inside a deck box, because of course it comes in one. Are you kidding? So, my friend, at competitive events, mind you, makes a big show of pulling out the how-to-play guide, <laughs> unfolding it on the entire table, and spends a few seconds consulting the absolute basics of the game, often after winning oh, game so one, good. and then goes on to win the match. I should oh. mention, he, he plays Storm. This is so good. That's this amazing. is so good. This is the best power move we've ever received, and it's not close. Imagine that, Luis. Imagine that. You sit down in the finals of a pro tour, and you go to sideboard, and your opponent pulls out the how to play foldable insert to to read that before after they've crushed you in game one. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Just just they're like, all right, okay, that's how blocking worked. I I, I knew I was missing something. <laughs> Oh, I think so you, Luis, so I, I think you could do this on camera. I draw. Okay. <laughs> I think you could feasibly really do this on camera. Yeah, I, 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 I guess, I guess I could run it. The problem is, it wouldn't really be plausible. It, it, this is actually one of the ones that works better if nobody knows who you are. That's actually, true. That's true. Yeah, you, you kind of have to be the up and comer. You have to be like the, uh, you know, the Eli Loveman, the sort of uh, the right. rookie who's come out, come out of nowhere to to win a big, uh, a big tournament, something like that. That, yeah, that's that's where it's at its sort of most most potent. I do think, honestly, though, I think this this is a Twitch clip with, you know, 50,000 views delivered to Luis on a silver platter here. If you want to run it, honestly, I think you could. <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. I've got some intro. I think I've still, oh, I wonder if I threw them out. I had some intro decks recently and I had those now. I had those. Oh, I never realized that I was holding solid yes. power move gold in my hand. Oh, no. Yeah, no, this is, I, this is, I, I, you're right. I am blown away by this. This is the best. I think this is the best power move we've ever received. John Nowert, the proud recipient of the Mark Boyd Power Award, uh, Power Move Award for this week. That is an absolute 
belter. That's a total home run. All right, fellas, next up, we've got a bit of an AMA here for Louise. We put out the call on Twitter for for questions that people may have for... This, this isn't so much advice, just, you know, questions that they might be interested to hear uh, LSV's per perspective on here. So uh, let's get stuck in. We've got a big stack of them here to get through, so let's uh, let's not waste any time. First question comes from Maz, again, regular contributor, super fan of the show. Thanks so much, Maz, for getting in touch. I don't have a... Qu- oh, okay. Well, I'll read it anyway. I don't have a question, but I just wanted to say that it's so cool of you to have Riley and Dennis on your show with your support and guidance. <laughs> I think they have a real chance in this game. All right, cool. Thanks, Jamez. We had uh, we, we we've already done the power moves this week, but I guess uh, I guess there was uh, a little sting in the tail there, always. <laughs> wow, the gift that keeps Jamez in power, it snuck a power move into both sections. That's pretty yep. impressive. Yeah, that yeah, that in and of itself is a power move. Absolutely. Yep. Yep, I think you, well, I think you, you know, did. Look, a, a, look I, I, I'm always, you know, I'm always happy to, to, to lend a hand to the downtrodden to, 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 to really help. Wow. You know, I, I, wow. I, I'm not one to pull up the ladder behind myself, uh, even if the, the ladder has to reach really far down in some cases. <laughs> All right, mate. Jeez. All right. All right. Wow. This, next, this next one, we got a couple of comments yeah, let's, on. Let's uh, I, okay, on I, I do want to apologize to Riley. This was, I didn't mean to come on to the show and really dunk on Riley. That, that wasn't my Whoa. Oh, Whoa. okay. I think you're going to apologize to me and say, I'm sorry, you know, that you have to, you know, be tied to the dead weight that is Dennis, but I guess it's just yeah, it just stacks on Riley. No, not right. worth not no, not worth mentioning. Not worth mentioning. It's better to be mentioned than derailed, mate. Wow. Yeah, all right. All okay. right. This all next right. one we got a couple times. So Anton and James McLaw, among others, wrote in and said, playing a tournament without your deck's main win condition surely counts as a power move, doesn't it? This is okay. a story I'm really keen for you to tell. All right, all right. All right. Many I, people may not be familiar with the story. So Louise, give it give it give it to us with both barrels, mate. This story's so good. So th- this this story is uh from before I'd even really started playing on the Pro Tour. Cause how actually I took a circuitous route to the Pro Tour, which was I started playing vintage tournaments. And that's actually what got me into really competitive magic. And there was a vintage tournament, you know, once or twice a month in the Bay Area. It used to have a pretty thriving vintage scene. And I would always play this Gifts Ungiven deck that the way it wanted had two win conditions. It could cast Burning Wish and get Tendrils of Agony out of the sideboard, you know, Storm 10, kill them. Or yep. you could tinker for Darksteel Colossus. Blightsteel Colossus hadn't even been invented yet. You know, this is an 11-11 trample. Nothing, nothing fancy with impact. And one Saturday when, you know, I was going to play this tournament, I was like, I only have a 14-card sideboard. Oh, well, better put a deep analysis in. This card's cool. Maybe I'll wish for this. I, I play. I win round one. No no incident. Round two, I, I, I win again. And in both cases, I won by casting Burning Wish and having my opponent concede because I was going to go get Tendrils. During, uh, in round two, after like looking through my sideboard, I realized, yeah, I forgot to put a tendrils in my sideboard. That was the 14th <laughs> card. Somehow it just wasn't in my deck box. And I had all my other cards with me, but that had, that, that one had just moved from my, from my deck box to the rest of my cards. And then I didn't really think about it because it's not really a sideboard card. It's actually, no, kind you of don't like, think of it as one of the cards you yeah, bring in ever. Yeah. It's the second half of Burning Wish, basically. Yeah. Right, right. It's a secret main deck card. And so here's the thing. Had I realized before round one, but after deck lists were submitted, I don't think I would have, you know, been able to just go burning wish and then have my opponents concede because I wouldn't have made that play. I would have probably tried to set up a, a tinker Colossus win, which is much less guaranteed. But because my first two opponents did concede to burning wish, and again, this is when I didn't even know I didn't have tendrils and they just conceded. And it's not like I said, I'll go get tendrils. I'll just be like, all right, I'll cast Burning Wish. I've got, you know, 15 Storm, 10 mana floating, and they'll always concede. Because these are these are the tournaments that we played like every month, twice a month. And yeah, so everyone, people know what's up. Everyone yeah. knew about this, right? Why why would they wait, make me waste the time? So after round two, I was just like super nervous. I made sure no one could see my sideboard. 
Mm-hmm. Like I was very careful when sideboarding because this is a small tournament, 20 something people. If, if the word got out, then well, I would lose a yeah, very yeah. important win condition. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. I end yeah. up making top eight. I, and in the first round of top eight, I, I got, just got so paranoid that I ended up setting up a win in, again, involving Tinker that took me an additional two turns to win and they could have top decked out of it because I really just didn't want to lose by if anyone ever said okay burning witch resolves i would have been like all right get deep analysis draw four cards go <laughs> you know <laughs> it would have been a disappointing finish so and then when people in the top four wanted to split i'm like yep i will split which i will split no yeah. problem i'll take that <laughs> which all in day and long itself could have also been suspicious because i i basically never split in these things i always just wanted to play it out but in this case i was like oh yeah we're splitting and then i yep. posted my my they posted the deck list afterwards and people were like wait a minute <laughs> but <laughs> look First of all, I never said I was going to go get tendrils. I just implied it. Second, I actually think you can say what you will about future actions. You know, I can't literally say like, okay, I tendrils you when I don't have a tendrils. But I say like, yeah, I'm going to burning wish to to get tendrils. I think you, you can, can fail. Say that. You can fail to find. I yeah, think. No. Yeah. Well, okay. This happened to me. I'm going to I'm going to put this person on blast here. Patrick Robertson. Right. One time, I was playing against him in a in a in a WMCQ, which I ended up winning. Right. And I cast Farseek, right? And I was like, I'll go and get a stomping ground. And uh, and, then, and then I realized I needed double blue, right? So I'm like, oh, actually, hang on. I'll get a breeding pool. He's like, no, sorry, you said stomping ground. And Paddy is like, f- you know, five meters tall. He's a huge, big, enormous, intimidating bloke. And when he plays, he gets this demon look in his eyes. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, all right, I'll get, I'll get a stomping ground. Mm-hmm. I then got a warning like five turns later because I illegally cast Sphinx's Revelation without having double blue. I didn't even like. I, I was so like, oh no, the breeding, and then I just did. I got so muddled up by this whole situation that he he absolutely did me dirty there like that. But no, of course I could have just got a breeding pool. He yeah, just you don't name, me it, doesn't, it doesn't okay. say it doesn't I, say name a forest, go and get it. Like right, I, I have two questions for you, Riley. The, the first and most important is what the hell were you playing? Uh, I was playing Bad Wolfron. Oh, okay. Yeah, Melissa Melissa de Torres deck. Yep. Okay, yeah, that deck. I remember that deck, that deck. That deck was very bad, but um. And- <laughs> Uh, I say because I played this in multiple tournaments. I, d- I ended up mm. not liking the deck very much. Second is, yes, you, the, the question is, I guess you didn't, less of a question, more like, yeah, you don't have to do that. You know, you, yeah, you don't have to do that. I just look, fell for the Patty, for the look, Patty Robertson look, overall. This, this is absolutely not a power move. Do not do this. But you can say, if you show me a counterspell, I'll concede. Then they show you a counterspell and they're like, yeah, I'm not going to concede. I, uh, yeah, I don't, like, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. That's, no, that, that's that, grifter, right? That's just, that's straight up grifter. There's no genius involved. But, uh, you know, you, you, you get to say what you want about future actions as far as I understand it. Like mm. I said, I was very careful in this tournament because I really didn't want to scum anyone. But I also uh, wanted to, you know, I wanted to I wanted to win. So I, I would go ahead and cast my Burning Wish and point out, helpfully how much Storm I had and how much mana that I had. And my opponents, let, you know, whatever conclusions they drew from that, that wasn't on me. Well, there's two things. First of all, by doing it like this, you opened up the ability to have that deep analysis in your sideboard. That was closed <laughs> off to you before. Free, which free, I real free, free, free real estate, though. <laughs> Second of all, the, the the moral of this story, I think, is is the way you want to sell a bluff or a lie in magic is you have to believe it. You believe there was a tendrils in your sideboard to go yep. and get. So yep. if you believe that, how could your opponent ever think otherwise, right? <laughs> Uh, one final thing I want to say about this before we move on, and you know, this is sort of moving away from the light and frothy stuff here, uh, just just very very briefly here, uh, and also this isn't the setup for some dumb joke or a dig at either of you either. So I, I'll just say this: um, what Louisa said is absolutely true, and you know, you can say whatever you want about future actions, that sort of stuff. But a lot of this sails very close to the wind, and you should think carefully about how you want to approach the situations. Especially, I mean, Louise did his, Louisa's situation occurred by accident, right? Like he didn't go in there going like, oh, I'm just, I'm really going to get him today. Oh, yeah. And I'll say this: reputation matters. 
It really does. Especially once you get to the higher, the upper echelons of any game like this where, you know, your name is, you know, you're a household name to people, people look up to you, that sort of stuff. Protect your reputation because it does matter. So doing this sort of stuff, you know, with for, with malice of forethought, it's going to lead nowhere fast. It's going to lead uh, it's going to lead you down a, a, yeah, grim, a grim old path there. So just, just be careful. And look, I've never done... Uh you know, th- th- this maneuver again, I, 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 it was not uh, intentional. Mm. I honestly like, liked it more for the story equity than the actual, exactly. the actual, that's, uh, that's result. Yeah. But I guess what I'm trying to say here is like, you know, I just don't want people to listen to this and be like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to run this because it's going, it's going to come and bite you on the ass one day. No, it's, yeah. It's, it's not, this really isn't a price you pay on the magic battlefield. This is a price you pay by not getting invited to the bar after the tournament yeah. to go hang out yeah, with everybody. Exactly. Yeah. So be careful of that. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, our next question comes from uh, Daniel Gilligan. I, I think you'll like getting your, your teeth stuck into this one here, Louise. What do you think of having Vintage Cube as a Pro Tour or Worlds format? What, what would be the pros and the cons of, uh, of having Vintage Cube played at the highest level? So I don't like it as a Pro Tour format because I think logistically it would just be completely unwieldy. Uh, I like it a lot as a Worlds format. I actually got to participate in the only time that was the case, which was uh, the first... The first like small worlds, it was called the Players' Championship, but then everyone kind of got retrofitted into worlds uh, that was 16 players and, you know, two two draft pods of this cube. And it was a lot of fun. I think it works out fairly well. It, the biggest cons is that I don't think it makes for that great of watching. It's just mm. not the it's just not the best thing to watch. I, I, people like look, people love cube streams. Those are a lot of fun. They're awesome. If you if you view Worlds as a marketing vehicle, which I think is the way to justify giving away as much money as Worlds tends to gives away, uh-huh. you, I don't think you can justify using Cube as much as I would like it. Yeah, b- boosting the 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 Modo uh, Vintage Cube Q, uh, you know, profits aren't uh, aren't really going to offset the million or so dollars you're giving away. As uh, yeah, right. And, and does- Wor- worlds might give away a million dollars, but it probably costs an, another you know million to run. You know, or whatever how do you it think it? Being. How do you think it um, acts as a as a skill testing mechanism? Oh, I think it is very skill testing. Uh, the the games the games are are very complicated. There's a lot of different things going on. The drafting is tricky. I, I do think uh, Legacy Cube is actually more skill testing than Vintage Cube. I agree with that because you get a lot of free wins Vin- with the Vintage Cube, right? Yeah, Vintage Cube, you always get the like. Oh, oh, good! You you got a Lotus or a Soul Ring or, or whatever, and you're just gonna play a Planeswalker on turn one. Yeah, there's just, there's just more play to Legacy Cube, I think. There is. Look, I think it's a lot of fun. I overall, like, if I were the one making the decisions, I would never feature Cube in such a way. As purely a player, I think it was awesome, and I would love to do it again. I, overall, I don't think it's going to happen, even though I think it would be really sweet. I think that. Cube invitational sort of deals are probably a better fit because yeah. then that just fits the tenor of the event more. You want like mm. obviously remember you remember a couple of years ago there was the the silver showcase debacle with the you know the the weirdest formats we've ever seen. Well, that had a ton of, at yeah, that, that had a ton of a ton of things that were did make no sense. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. There was this I mean, guy with this hideous silver jacket, silver it was jacket, awful, you like... know, doing a, a a Bruce whatever impression. It was it was garbage <laughs> from Go to War there. But um, no, the, I mean, I think that's you know the the um the exhibition tournaments, the tournaments where you know it's more about the personalities of the players or the you know rather than the money that's on the line. That's sort of thing so yeah vintage cube team draft for some charity event all the way yeah that'd be that'd be very sweet i think anyway let's uh let's keep blazing through them here dennis Uh, next up we have johnny shorthall that says given the choice would you prefer to design a magic the gathering fighting game or a street fighter themed magic set uh i mean i assume johnny asks this because i do have a background in fighting games though it's been many many years since i was really actively participating what do you not know that is this true 
So before I really started playing Magic competitively, I used to be a competitive Street Fighter player to the degree that I would like play in tournaments. I was on my school's team or, you know, like we, in Northern California, there's a pretty big scene. And uh, no, 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 no. I'll stop you there. This is something that you and Dennis have talked about beforehand and that you were gonna get you're gonna try to get me with. I'm not <laughs> no, going I've, for I've it. literally no. heard Luis talk about this on limited resources. Yeah, Are no, you this kidding? is this is hundred percent accurate. Uh, you know. I mean, look, look, Sunnyvale Golfland was like one of the Nexus's Nexi of uh fighting game culture and this is and that was like an hour from where I lived. Like this, That's incredible. Yeah, it, this was a big That's part so of my cool. life. That's so cool. It was, it was awesome. I, I The game I was best at was Capcom versus SNK2, CVS2, which, you know, pretty old game at this point. This It was yeah. early 2000s is when I was playing. And, I, you know, my school, UC Davis, had a competition where the top three people in this tournament would go play against a couple other schools like San Jose and Berkeley. And uh, I, I finished second in that tournament and went and got to represent my school. Uh, we, we, we got crushed, but it was, it was a lot of fun. You guys wow, still you got, you got to play intervarsity, you know, proto esports. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I like I don't know if you guys know who David Serlin is, but uh, he is a game designer and a Street Fighter player. He he's written a lot actually. Like uh, he he has he's written some really good articles about about game design, and he he beat the crap out of me in one of the tournaments I played. in. <laughs> but yes, cool. I, so I I played a lot of Street Fighter though. Not again, not not recently. Given all that though, I would rather design a Street Fighter themed Magic set because. My skills when it comes to design are designing cards, not as much designing a fighting game. So even yeah, if I might know the backstory of magic pretty well, designing a fighting game is still much more out of my element. Whereas designing a Street Fighter themed magic set, like that would be awesome. Like I can think of ways right. to represent hit Blanc us, or uh, Ihand or Ryu, that sort of things. Hit, yeah, hit us not- with some mechanics. Hit us with some mechanics in this uh, in MTG Street Fighter. Uh, I think that Blanca, Chun Li, and E Honda, they all have the like mash effect. You know, whether it's like the electricity or, or the rapid kick or the ra- rapid slap. So I would imagine you could do something with those characters where they have a lot of cards that like combine to make this be more effective where if you get three electricity cards or something in a row you do you know you play three electricity moves that they all combine and all do like double damage that that would be one of the ways i would look at uh kind of flavoring this yep yep so like maybe they get counters if you play like a t- maybe there's like a you know how they had like arcane instance or something maybe there's something right, like whenever you so- play x spell put a counter on this or whatever something like that yeah, it could definitely be be something like that. Um, and then, you know, like you, you, I could definitely see uh, there being counter moves. Like blocks are kind of like counter spells, but then some moves are unblockable, right? You, so th- there, there are ways to to kind of do that too. It makes sense though. Like the, like the knobs you're used to turning when build, when playing making games is you know mana costs and you know how much damage things do rather than you know how many invincibility frames that a certain move has or yeah, like yeah. how long but, the recovery time. But you could is. also do do something like cer- certain cards that you can play for free if you've taken over ten damage in the same turn. Yes. Or, or if you've taken fifteen damage total, because there's a lot of moves that get unlocked the more damage you take in these games. Man, that's very cool. A lot, a lot of meat on those bones. Maybe we yeah, should collab. It, it, maybe it would be, maybe would be we'll cool. just dump this entire episode and the three of us can make uh, Street Fighter colon the car- the collectible card game. <laughs> that seems reasonable. All right. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be president and CEO. You can be in charge of vision and, and um, Dennis can make the coffee. Um, wow. Uh, our next question. Our next question. I love this question. I, right, I, I right, really, right, right, right. Hold on, hold on. You, go really, on. you're going to say Dennis will make the coffee? Ice coffee for everybody, baby. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> 
Poor Dennis. I, I don't. I really don't know why you'd assume he'd be good at making coffee. <laughs> oh dear! No matter what kind of coffee you want, you're getting a cold brew. All right. Oh baby. Um, anyway, our next question. This one. This one's a belter. I'm really looking forward to discussing this one. Getting our teeth into this one. Ronan O'Brien asks: If a single non-land card had to be reprinted in every standard, what card would you choose, Louise? So this is basically like: What card would you have always Evergreen, always be yeah. legal in standard? Evergreen, exactly. Uh, there's two. Two that spring to mind, uh, Negate and Duress, I think, do fantastic things for the game of Magic. Yep. I think mm-hmm. they yep. both offer a ton of awesome counterplay. They punish decks that are among the most frustrating to play against. And they, they kind of don't punish the, the you know, the, the good guys. Like, if, if you make a mid-range deck full of creatures, you're not really going to get hit by these cards. But they're so effective against the creatureless control or lock decks or combo I'm- decks that spring up. That's a, like that's such a good answer that when I think about it, negate and duress are pretty close to evergreen in the there's, last couple of years. Of and magic, there's a reason right? for that. Like exactly, if, if those rotate out, it's going to actually be felt pretty deeply, unless there's like reprints that uh, do such a similar thing. Also, it's worth noting, duress was made 20 years ago. It was an Urza saga, and wow. yet it's still reprinted over and over and over again because it's just such a perfectly like the, the card yeah. aligns up perfectly for everything that I think Magic tends to want to do. It's got a really, uh, it's got a really inflexible ceiling, not against decks, but against the format, right? Against yeah. an entire format, duress is only ever going to be so good because if duress is in a point where it's dominating a format, people will just turn up with white weenie, or they'll just turn up with green mid range, and 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 the card won't do any good. So yeah, I, I think those those two are, are, are really good picks, both negate and duress, because they they kind of fight on the same axis, right? They're kind of both doing very similar things. Yeah, it's the perfect kind of those two are the perfect kind of answers because they're not particularly you know powerful cards in and of themselves. They only become good when 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 you know other cards warrant their presence have we got any others um like field of the dead or something like that yeah no no field of ruin i think yeah field, field, field of ruin ball. is actually a pretty good answer um but those, those are the safe first two that spring like, to mind definitely evolve. not lanor elves i think that uh we've seen kind of what one drop accelerants do and i I, yep. I wouldn't mind moving away from that and all i want is rampant growth though Please, Paul. Please, please, Paul, just give us back rampant growth. It's all I want. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but it's all I want. I don't think that's... No, I don't think rampant... I mean, Growth Spiral is a very powerful card, and I I can see arguments that rampant growth... Well, rampant growth is probably a little bit stronger because it goes more decks, but I I would say that rampant growth is very much on the table to reprint. Yeah, it's in the wheelhouse, right? It's got to be. I hope so. I hope so. I'd love to... That would be the the card that I would choose, not not for balance reasons, but just for, like, Riley's personal preference reasons. I'd love that card or Farseek if if you know if we have to sort of take it down a notch once the shock lines rotate out. Anyway, sure. All right, uh, you want to you want to keep the ball yeah. rolling, Dennis? This next one comes from Nikki Luis. If you were to live with a planeswalker, which one would you roommate up with? And I want to preface this because we before we started recording, Riley said, "Luis, this is the one you might have to think about the most." And like, I, like, I no. wanted to give him a little bit of time to maybe prepare an answer, so you know, just not just there being like, um, uh, uh. not and that Luis away, is actually like that. Uh, he, he tends to be able to just answer any question that's thrown at him, especially uh, my experience working with him in the booth. But anyway, yes, go on. Dennis, he exhibited sorry. such confidence in this question. He's like, "Nope, I already thought about it, already ready." That I, I'm del- I'm excited to hear what this is. <laughs> well, it, it, I think it's very obviously Karn Silver Golem. Because, Why is that? Because uh, right. Karn, you know, he's, he's, he's you, you see him in a few, you know, he's Karn liberated. He's, uh, you know, Karn, whatever, sign of Urza or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the different names are. But it's Karn. Karn, he, he doesn't eat. So first of all, he's not going to like make dishes or make messes. Second okay. of all, he's compelled to like, you know, he's to set things right. So I think he would actually like 
clean and make sure the apartment was t- was tidy. Oh, so you don't want a roommate. You just want to live in yeah, maid. This is a slave. No, yeah. No, 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 no. no. Let, uh, hold on. Hold on. And Karn, you know, you could talk to Karn about all the sorts of things. Got this like encyclopedic knowledge where you could have all these awesome conversations while he was cleaning the apartment. Wow, he was picking up your dirty undies and socks. But off see, the, the thing floor, is, he yeah. wouldn't care about that. It's not. It, it, this is this is this is you know the, uh, a golem that was that was made to serve. I, I think Karn would be would be very would be delighted to to have to have someone that that really cared about the, how good they were at cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be a great About culture him, man giving him the opportunity to perform his primary he function off, he offers a big silver shoulder to cry and you know Karn thinks Stephanie will text back any day now yeah, you don't exactly. need to worry about it well, you're gonna pick Domri and just have like feces smeared on the walls or whatever like yeah that's pretty bad yeah there are a lot of like I was, try- I was trying to think about I mean, lines look, for this look, as you well pick, you pick Jason you're just gonna have the you know a passive aggressive roommate who, yeah. who just gaslights you all the time like yeah. what are you yeah. talking about we what? never had that conversation he waves his hand and you're like yeah Hang you're on, right we Louis never had what? that conversation Gas, gaslight. Do you mean gas lamping? You mean it's gas called, lamping? It's gas lamping, Louise. It's gas lighting. No, it's Louise, gas. You're, be, you're being hysterical. It's yeah, gas it's lamping. Gas lamping. <laughs> I'm going to chalk this one up to uh, an overseas, uh, you know, preference here, where where it could be one thing in one place and another. In no, another. this was a joke, Riley. It, this was a joke Riley made to me, which is obviously where you gaslight somebody about the phrase gaslighting. And then oh, yeah. I told that joke to Huey when we were packing up for coverage one time. And then and Riley didn't was give like, me "Credit for it." I didn't give him credit because you know all downside to give him credit for it. And then yeah. Riley's like, "That's my joke," and he was like, "I'm pretty sure Dennis just told me that joke, Riley. You're being hysterical." And I was like, "This is amazing." <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very high tier. I suggest you use it in the future. Just tell someone that they're gaslamping you. Um, anyway, Dennis, who, who would you who would you be room, roommates with? Yeah, there's a lot of lukewarm picks. Like you know, obviously, I think a lot of these people would make pretty decent. Like I can't imagine Nissa would be a necessarily annoying, super annoying roommate. She'd leave a lot of plants around. I guess uh, she's that no, seems she's fine. Like in, in a lot of the stories, she's just like really. I don't know how to say it. She's kind of like not wishy washy, but she's she's a little bit sort of. Ah, uh, wilting, if that makes any sense. Like, is that, oh, is that oh, meant to be a so, de- deliberate pun? Or? No, no, she's just like, oh, it's so terrible. What am I going to do? How am I, like, just, she, she seems to be like, a bit, uh, not really a drama queen, but like, she just seems like she'd be hard work, I reckon. Interesting, interesting. And what then about, as you like, said, like, hmm. you've got like Domri who would just be, like he's got no chill, or Ral who just would be, be so smug and holier than thou the whole time. I, re- I don't know, man. Maybe Karen, is the, maybe Karen is the right well, answer. <laughs> you know who I think it is? I think it's a Johnny. That's similar to the current. I mean, that's no, similar. not because as long, a dude, like as long as you don't mind a giant litter box taking up a, a big or, or like a, or like a two foot <laughs> diameter hairball. Like yeah, and just cat fur all over the couch and everything. No, but look, he seems like chilled out. He seems wise, right? He's going to listen to what you have to say. He's going to give you perspective and advice. But he's still up to have a good time. He's still at you know he's gonna he's gonna head out, have a meal with you, do whatever else, hang out, that sort of stuff. But he's going to do the dishes. He's going to be responsible. He's going to stick to you know keeping his half of the flat clean, whatever else. I don't know. I think it's a Johnny for me. Also, I do really, really like cats because they are the superior animal. To dogs or to humans? Uh, oh, you know what? Yes. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. All right. What do we have next, Riley? Well, what's your? What, who's your pick? Oh, I don't know. I guess I mean I like Ral. I, I like a. I, I like a. I like a. You know, a little bit of a goofy, a little bit of like ah, lovable rogue kind of guy. I think. I think I like Ral. Yeah. I, I'm fully expecting that there's going to be some sort of eldritch goop all over the floor from some hor- horrifically gone awry experiment. That's yeah. fine. Or just a, a hole blown in the wall or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I think Rao. All right. Well, uh, Luis, we've hit it pretty hard with some of the uh, real, really hard-hitting uh, and, and very biting investigative journalism questions. And I'll tell you what, they don't stop here because Miles Butler-Wolf has two questions for you. And I'll tell you what, these ones are going to be... These ones are really going to test you. First one, toilet paper over or under? 
Uh, I don't care. Wow, all right. Well, that was easy. Uh, it's obviously, <laughs> I mean, for me, it's obviously over. Under is just, it's too much work. Again, I'm busy, got things to do, people to see, place to go. Sure. Under you having to sort of like pull it pull it out from, no, okay, all I, right. It's honestly not a thing I pay attention to. I thought when he said over or under, I thought he meant. Oh, how you wipe. The, no, <laughs> I, yeah, well, for, I thought he meant how you hang it on the wall. What? That is what he means, right? Yeah, that's what he means. How you hang it on like the little rolly thing, whether yeah. you've got the th- whether yeah, you've got so, the yeah, so it, yeah, it has to be hanging away from the wall. Obviously, anything else yes. is pure madness. Okay, it's good. Just, yeah, exactly. The world will be falling apart. All right. Well, he, he, here's a this is a food based opinion that we want from you, Louise. So I'm sure you're gonna have a little. There's gonna be a little more meat on these bones here. What is your opinion of pineapple on pizza? It's delicious. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, w- man. One of my favorite pizzas is like pineapple and jalapenos and ham like a, like a hot hawaiian pizza it's yes so hot and spicy yes. yeah hot hot and juicy really with the, yeah. with the uh i actually think like, fruit on pizza i think is underrated pineapples you know bananas apples these are all great on pizza i had a well, great well, pizza that's, that's that's drifting a little left of field for me now banana really <laughs> i had a great pizza with uh that was uh potato and rosemary and a bit of lamb like minced lamb over the top and that was having a roast you're having a roast dinner on a a roast dinner on a pizza it was really really i I don't think i can come with you on this banana on pizza journey though tell us about this no i was just making that up that okay sure yeah all right I mean, I'm sure it's a thing, right? There's like an artisanal pizza place in Brooklyn. That seems plausible to me, well, man. You, 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 could, you could make a like a Nutella pizza that had banana on it, but that's kind of cheating. Yeah, then then you're just on a fan. You're just on a weird crepe at that point, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, John Leibowitz writes in and asks, "How would you feel about uncards in MTGO Cube, assuming sufficient power level and ability to be coded?" Um, it depends on the card. Like some of them. I think play out kind of fun. Like in our in our like paper vintage cube, the one that Gabby has here, we have uh, blast from the past and who, what, when, where, why. Because I think those are just cool magic cards. Mm-hmm. Or like but, booster tutor or something. Booster tutor <laughs> is my favorite. I oh, always yeah, have booster tutor. Is amazing. Yeah. So yes, I, I think I, I think if those could be coded, I think they would be a lot of fun in cube. It just depends on the card. Uh, I, I there's a lot that just don't work, and there's there's some where the joke is funny to read but is not fun to play with. Like oh, for any, sure. Like in paper, any of the gotcha cards that where you like, if you say the wrong name, it comes back from the graveyard. Those are actually really unfun to play with. It just makes people stop talking during the game. There um, are even some uncards that I think actually should move. I think it was Seth Manfield who pointed out there's a there's a burn spell with trample. Yeah, that would and be a cool. That would be a cool addition. I, I think that's that's not even like a joke card. I think that's just a cool mechanic Design, that could yeah. be explored. Exactly. Yeah. I think they should make. I think they should because the digital version of Magic Online of Magic, both Magic Online and and Arena, um, are basically working to create you know functional representations of the paper game. So Mm. they don't make it. They don't take advantage of any of the trappings of a digital game like Hearthstone or Eternal or you know Runeterra or whatever do. I think you should have an unset that is online exclusive. Now I don't obviously I don't know that necessarily putting in all the design work on Wizards End is necessarily worth that. But if it was having something that lets you shuffle cards into your opponent's deck or exchange cards in their hand for other cards from outside the game, that kind of thing. You know, actually utilizing the digital medium for an unset, I think would be super cool. Definitely. Yeah, I think, yeah, put it, I mean, there, there's stuff that, the you know, that Rune Terror and Hearthstone and whatever else can do, you know, that randomized effects within the deck or putting opposing cards in your deck or in your hand or whatever else they're like that. That'd be cool to explore with Magic, but I just, I mean, the chance of it ever happening are just so low because, again, like, these are unprintable cards. They're going to, they're not going to, yeah. It, I, I agree with your point. It would be cool, but, I mean, when like, yeah, why, why bother, does, why bother yeah. spending the time designing a set that yeah, you exactly. can't also just sell a paper version of? It's just, it's yes. ba- financially speaking, it's basically just downside. 
Uh, let's wrap things up here with the final question that was sent in by uh, Tripler Apiece, uh, who asked a question of all three of us. And Tripler Apiece mm. asks, what color combo in Magic would you be and why? Luis, you want to kick us off? Sure. Uh, I think that I am... I, I, I think I'm reasonably demure. Uh, <laughs> I, I Subversive, sneaky, underhanded. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, unscrupulous. I, mean, I don't know if I'd use all those words, but <laughs> I, I, the the Demir Guild does does call to me. I think that I I I, I may be a men, member of that. Though I suppose if you're publicly saying you're in the Demir, you're not a Demir. So that that does throw unless, a wrench in unless that. you're on like the triple bluff here. Yes, unless mm. unless you're 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 throwing up you know false signal, which is actually yeah hi- hiding in plain sight. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you, Dennis, Riley? you want to go next because I'm desperately stalling while I try to figure out mine. Oh, very good. I would definitely be um, both. Both is it both in like you know embodiment of blue and red, but also like with the guild. I'm definitely a shoot first, ask questions later yep. kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, yeah. Definitely Impulsive, hot headed, rash, unreasonable, yeah. difficult to negotiate with. Difficult to host a podcast with, you know how it oh, is. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Late, I, I, unprepared, doesn't watch the clips on top five, so I always have to start. Oh, sorry, these are all just tipping. I'm just typical naming, is, is it things? Is it things, basically, yeah. I think, yeah, I think yeah, you've yeah, actually exactly. just read out what comes out on the little printout when you pick it up the pre-release, that, right? That's it just it, says, yeah, you know, on, the, on the Guild Pack guide. Exactly, you know, cra- yeah. crappy haircut, doesn't you know doesn't show up for top five on time, all the normal yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah that's right. But I, I genuinely do like, I do sort of like, I, lo- I do like improvising a lot. I do like throwing things together and seeing how they work, and that, that does feel very is it to me. Raya, have you managed to secure yourself a position in the in the multiverse yet? See, in terms of the colors that I like to play, it's definitely Gruel, right? But I'm not like that doesn't reflect that's not reflecting my personality. So no, not if at it's all. if it's well, you know what, Dennis, you probably know me best out of more, you know, more, more than most people on earth. You you can tell me what the color combination is for me. And I'm trusting you here, mate. Oh boy. Um Or Luis, you you don't really know me particularly well personally at all, but you know, we've worked together a number of times and you've got a, a decent idea of what my deal is about. You can also get in the get in the digs if you'd like to. <laughs> Maybe um, Rakdos? You have like a in like a you like a Oh whoa. No, I, Why I, is that so insulting? What is Rakdos? this? I'm going around with a t-shirt that says safe word on it, mate? But you don't have to wear the apparel. That's by the by. I think you're like a little Ra- bit... Dennis, what, what, did, what, what, what did Riley do to you that you would you would say that he's Rakdos? I mean, rag on me nonstop. That, that's by the by. Uh, wow. I thought, was a, I thought that was our special secret. Our special time. Uh, oh, oh, no, oh. I, I genuinely think you are a little bit um, very slightly like... No, I, I think it's Boros. I, I, I think it's Boros. I can't wait for it. Go, just, I think it's Boros. No, you go ahead, and then I'm going to say why I think it's Boros. Go ahead. I was going to say because because you're, I don't want to call you hedonistic, but like you're very sort of I want to do the things that make me happy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I don't I don't disagree with that. And it's not hedonistic. That's I, not the way I say so it. But I, like I I make I, no compromises in 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 seeking happiness. I, I yeah, that's I actually, very. I actually, I actually think that that I would have said uh, Boros. That yep. would have been, that would have been my my choice for for. Thank Riley. you, Louise. Yep. You definitely yep. have red in you. That's that's unquestionable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I actually yeah. think Boros because I, I feel like you. Yes, you do have the, the maybe the the hedonistic element Dennis is talking about a little bit, but like I, I think more is you spend a lot of time. Uh, I think maybe worrying is not the right word, but concerned with what is right is yep. it, from my experience. That's true. Or just concerned, just worried. That, that makes me think Boros. So. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, you know, I didn't really. I, you know, I, I'm sort of enjoying this uh, this impromptu uh, little little therapy session here. It's quite it's quite it's good to get it's good <laughs> yeah. to get this all out. It's cathartic. But, um, no, yeah. I would say Boris because Boris is is constantly in conflict with itself between the 
you know the the impulsive ra- the impulsiveness the rashness of red and the ordered structure of white and and that's a battle that i fight uh you know professionally uh, personally all that sort of stuff trying to trying to find the right balance between uh you know obligation and and uh and desire and whatever else like that so yeah all right we we, we solved it we solved it i'm i'm the worst color combination in edh that makes a lot of sense yep cool excellent all right we did it we did it boys oh is that it i think we're done yeah do you want to wrap and or do you want to do shaharazad no we'll just wrap it up okay we'll just wrap it up you can insert the hot and spicy as a shaharazad piece if you want (laughs) that that works Uh, i think i think it'll play pretty well to begin with like just naturally as it went in people got mad we didn't do it last week dude Oh really? Should we just do it? All right. Uh, have you, do you have you have you been playing a video game recently, Louise? Um, doesn't necessarily have to be a video game. It's just that that is often what it ends up being. Yeah. What what's that? What's the segment? So basically, what happens is a lot of people click away from podcasts when they start doing all the plugs at the end, right? So we do a secret podcast where we start doing all the plugs and then we stop and and have our secret Shaharazad Mir River where we just talk about what video games we've been playing for that, that week and then do all the plugs afterwards for all the for all the the entrenched rusted on listeners who listen all the way through it's a little, okay. little bonus no, thing no no I'm, I'm game all right sweet well that is it for another episode of scry me river thanks so much uh, for coming on the show louise it's been a lot of fun to have you oh yeah this is a lot of fun i imagine uh, i will do so again yeah i, I very much we hope so of course for sure We've got to uh, we've got to have we've got to do all the uh, all the boring housekeeping stuff. Of course, I would like to remind you that of course channelfireball.com is your best place to listen to the secret podcast that uh, is only podcast here. podcast within a podcast. The podcast in the po- podcast Shaharazadmi River for the for the people who don't stop listening as soon as we get to the ads at the end. Um, uh, Louis Scott Vargas, welcome to Shaharazadmi River. Um, our first uh, guest on Shaharazadmi River. <laughs> our first guest. People got very angry when we didn't do it with Adam last week. So uh, it's where we generally talk about uh, what video games we've been playing. I've been playing a ton of, uh, of Legends of Runeterra. It's been... Uh, Me uh, too, been, man. It launched uh, just earlier this week and it is so sweet. If you enjoy playing Magic, you're going to really enjoy Legends of Runeterra. So uh, I would uh, I would recommend uh, checking that out. I find but, it really tricky to get into the rhythm with the way the turns work in Runeterra. Yeah, because yeah. it's like back and forth, yeah. So yeah, this is the the League of Legends card game. So uh, it, it, yeah, it's it's kind of like simultaneous turns where... It's like L5R. L5R is yeah, the same, isn't it? Yeah, that's... Yeah, to use a reference that five people charitably might know that is true <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> uh, yeah it, it's it's simultaneous turns where one player has like the initiative they get to, they're 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 the person who gets to attack that turn but it's very cool once you get used to priority passing it's cool having a a game where you're trying to like you know fulfill each champion's quests to level them up and and mm. to get and to get better stuff it's got it's obviously looks very good graphically yeah i was oh, blown yeah, away so by the polished. just the polish man it's crazy yeah. There's a lot of very elegant design in there. For example, if you're a fan of, the, of, of, of planeswalkers that have internal synergy, you're really going to enjoy playing with the champions because a lot of them enable their own uh, abilities with other sort of sub-abilities. It's very, it's very cool. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, you know, if, if you're a League of Legends fan, I think it's probably worth checking out as well just because it it does do a good job of translating what those champions feel like to play with in League to what they feel like to, to play with in Legends of Runeterra. Uh, have you or do you play League, Louise? So I'm on an ongoing have, quest to get I, Riley to try League. So I, I haven't for quite a while. I love playing Blitzcrank. 
And yes. one of my favorite maneuvers was to grab uh, the blue buff while our jungler was was fighting it. So <laughs> that's the most Louise thing. I, oh, I, I, that means almost nothing to write. I don't understand most, what a that's blue one of the most Louise things I've heard in my entire life. All right, okay, that's good. Lovely inclusive conversation for yep, someone yep, enjoying. Yep. Yeah. This game has like yeah, twenty. No, this game has like a hundred million players, man. Yeah, You're no, the one on the really outside good. here. It's really good, mate. I love. Do you know what I really love about about it is um, the 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 trash mobs. They're great. I think. Um, do you know what I like the the build phase. Is that a thing? Lane phase is a thing. The I lane phase is what I meant by that. Sorry, we just call it build phase, me and my friends who That's play. an Australian thing. Calling it's it an Australian phase. thing, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, no, never played League, probably never will. Don't have time, mate. Too busy. Anyway, Oof. you been playing anything else, Louise, or uh, just jamming uh, uh, Legends of Runeterra? Well, I actually, I, I went through a phase where I played quite a bit of Hearthstone Battlegrounds. That's another uh, card game where even if you haven't played a single game of Hearthstone, it's still uh, an awesome game. You don't have to know that to... to to, to play it. It's an auto battle. I actually wrote an article on Channel Fireball, though that article is now outdated because they patch the game relatively frequently. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's a ton of fun. It's, you, you, you buy units. Those units fight against your opponent's units kind of like at random and you build your like team composition and you have a hero power. It, it, it does some cool stuff. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I was super into Team Fight Tactics, which is the League, the League of Legends version of that. Turn, now that I think about it, all these things are kind of confluencing at the same time. <laughs> Did you stop talking or did it cut out? I think both happened. Yeah, both <laughs> happened. <laughs> um, yeah, now that I think about all these things are coming together at the same time, the, you know, everything's having an auto battle or a main game and a card game yeah. and stuff. And it's a very exciting time to be a nerd. Very yeah. exciting time to be a nerd. We're not all getting wedgied and picked on for loving D&D in high school anymore. What, what, a, time, what a time to be alive. Anyway, we are done for another week of Scrimey River. Uh, and once again, special thanks go to not only our special guest, Luis, but also to Joachim Karad for the uh, the use of the song Shine. He's got a bunch of free music. New album just been dropped recently as well. So make sure you go and listen to all of his tunes. They absolutely slap. Get across all of that. And of course, if you want to send in questions, co- uh, queries or quandaries to uh, Scrimey River, you can, of course, do that. You can jump on to com and submit <laughs> them to Dennis's Twitter uh, or you can go to uh, twitter.com slash RileyGrewTower and send them through to me, and uh, we may have you featured on a show uh, in the upcoming weeks. Uh, Luis, anything, uh, any, any any messages, anything you want to plug, anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, this is this is, this is awesome. It was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys invited me. Yeah, thanks for coming well, on. Definitely Dennis, happy to have you, you man. Um, yeah, well, Riley, I'm going to see you in person very soon. Tomorrow, f- no, tomorrow. To, well, tomorrow, today. What well, by the time people are listening to this, this is very good. Dennis and I don't always get to hang out uh, IRL, but when we do, oh, oh, better watch out. Oh, Russell's better watch out because the boys are going to be back <laughs> in town. Don't even wow. worry about yeah, it. We well, are going to play card games and go to bed at half past eleven because we got. Well, early it's starts, midnight but. here now, and I got to get up in four hours to go to the airport, so I'm not exactly in a party raven mood. But yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, hanging out with us. Uh, tell your friends, and we will uh, see you next week for another Scrimey River. 